remember God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. How are you doing this morning, Michael? Uh, doing fine. Sorry about the delay, Sauce. I had to uh, I had to find a room here at the uh, at the studio here. So I'm all good now. <laughs> no, you're good. So I would like to say that today we're going to do a special episode on our traveling, uh, our traveling experiences, what we've raised, the hotels we stayed at, the most sketchy stories. So you guys are going to go in for a treat as this is kind of a good mix up. I like when we mix things up. Right, Michael? Yeah, yeah, a good mix-up is is pretty good. It, you know, it kind of keeps your audience uh, glued to your platform and, you know, what your podcast is all about. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, absolutely. Now, Michael Gardner is from Savage Unfiltered, which is a, uh, a conservative uh, uh, platform, and he does a podcasting. He is heavily into that. Can you explain to the viewers before we dive in what, like, uh, Savage Unfiltered is and – can you explain to your viewers about that or? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, well, my, my podcast is mainly, uh, I like to focus on political viewpoints, uh, both on the left and the right. Um, I tend to focus on that, but sometimes I like to mix it up a little bit like yours. You know, I like to get into other topics, but mainly my podcast is like you said, it's a conservative based podcast. Um, I, I love politics. I Like I, I mentioned before on your show and other shows, uh, I literally uh, sweat politics sauce out of my pores, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I do. I love politics as well, but we're not going to, but we're not going to talk about politics. Let's dive right on in. So when it comes to traveling, what is your favorite airline to utilize? I'll tell you mine um, after you tell yours. Uh, my favorite airline that I like to utilize is uh, is probably uh, Frontier. I, I love Frontier, and I, I also like to use uh, JetBlue. Uh, those are probably my two top favorite. Okay, so my question is, I know there's a lot of – so why Frontier? Because here's why I don't like Frontier Airlines. Because, number one, when I went <clears throat> so when I went to Denver, Colorado, I had to we utilize Frontier Airlines and it was so sketchy. The plane was so sketchy that when we went on when we boarded the plane, the power went completely out on the plane. So we had to deplane again because they got us a brand new plane. And I'm like, Great, it's gonna be a very interesting flight indeed. And so I mean I have not, I mean, Frontier Airlines, they overcharge you on your bags, they overcharge you on your seats, and they charge you literally on everything, unlike Southwest, where it's a flat rate on Southwest and you don't pay for your seats. Why do you think, I mean, why do you like Frontier personally? Well, you know, sometimes you have to pay, you know, for quality type of services. You know, yes, Frontier can be a little pricey. But you know, you ever you ever heard the term sauce? You you get what you pay for. That's pretty oh, much what Frontier. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I remember. I get. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, and it's uh, it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, mine uh, is definitely um, yeah. I Some, sometimes, sometimes the cheapest services sauce aren't always the greatest services. No. No, um, have you go? Have you heard good things about Southwest Airlines? Yeah, 
I have. I have. Southwest has been around for a while. Um, yeah. They mainly started off in uh, smaller airports when they first came out. And then yeah. they branched out to, to bigger uh, airports. Yeah. So Southwest has been around for a while. I've heard of Southwest. I have used Southwest in the past. Um, but I, like I said, I, I like either JetBlue or I like uh, Frontier. Those are my like two go type of uh, airlines. So the bigger question is, do you think that the experience will be better since JetBlue bought out Frontier for, I think, $9 billion? Do you think the experience will be better or do you think it'll just stay the same? And what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know. I think JetBlue, I mean, that's great that they're branching out to other companies. They're buying other companies out to expand their their business platform. I don't think it's going to change, Sauce. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to remain the same. You know, they may put like, you know, a couple little perks, you know, with with the other airline, you know, with some of their deals that they come out. But I I don't think it's going to change at all. No, no. Uh, Yeah, I think I don't know. We'll see what happens with uh, Frontier. We'll see with uh, JetBlue what happens in the near future with their planes. You know, the only way that I could get back to fine with Frontier Airlines is that they upgraded their seat experience, their in-flight experience. You know, yeah. that's one thing I would probably then probably fly back with them. So, leading on to so my favorite airline, I think I told you would be um, Alaska Airlines and American Airlines. The reason why I love Alaska Airlines is because I love the in-flight experience. Um, inf- I think Alaska Airlines is a fantastic airline company. They have great headquarters in. Uh, Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. And I heard, and yes, Alaska Airlines used to be out of Anchorage, Alaska, but they've, my, that's, they planted a sub headquarters in Anchorage and then went to Seattle. The only reason why I know that is because I did a research study on Alaska Airlines and the history of it. So that's why I know so much about Alaska Airlines. And it's interesting because you research so many of these airlines and you understand like how it's so cool how you can see them growing. Like, for instance, Breeze Airways is a brand new airline. Um, It's like your low budget airlines. And it's interesting how they're growing. And Breeze Airways is like more of a Midwestern slash uh, Southern Airlines. So they fly to Orlando, they fly to San Antonio and they fly like around the Texas region. And it's cool how they're now expanding a little bit. That's what I love about, you know, uh, airlines that are just starting off. Um, yeah. So changing the subject, what? So when you say hotels, what is the sketchiest hotel you've ever stayed at? Mine would the be ske- Motel Six. Like the, the sketchiest w- one, huh? Uh, yeah. Motel Six, huh? Well, why are you bashing Motel Six? <laughs> So here's why I'm bashing Motel 6. It was this year where I was at, I worked at a festival. I did security for fest. I did security for a festival. And I had to spend three nights at, like I had to spend three nights and I couldn't find a hotel room. Like I can find a Hilton property or even a Holiday Inn property without going at least 20 or 30 miles. Now with the gas prices being what they are, there was no way I was going to go driving 30 or 20, 20 or 30 miles. 
So I found a Motel 6. Now, I get that some Motel 6s are good. But this one just put a very sour taste in my mouth. I had to sleep with my shoes on. And I had to shower with my shoes on. Because that's how unsafe I was about the floors. And I had to sleep on top of the all, everything because I was afraid of bed bugs. And it was just a very uncomfortable experience. And, I mean, give it where I granted, I did pay... Um, 149, actually 143 dollars for three nights, and Damn. it was off of Expedia. It was very. I got what I paid for, and see, this is what I don't like about Expedia, because Expedia gives you a false rating. You know, when you look on, and I looked on, uh, for instance, the most recent one was Days In. I looked at Days In, and uh, that's where I'm staying at for this uh, leadership summit conference, and it was interesting because. I said, wow, three and a half stars. That's really good. That's a really good hotel. Well, you get to the property and you're like, oh, okay, no one, okay, never mind. It's not three and a half stars. They inflate their, they overinflate their ratings. And why do you think Expedia does that? Yeah, it's a business platform. Hotel chain does that sauce. Um, Trying to bring in revenue. They're trying to bring in positivity to their, to their hotel chains. So it's it's not just one hotel chain doing it. It's a lot of, of hotel chains doing it. One star, three star, five star hotel chains. So I, I can understand why they do that. So what is your sketchiest hotel you stayed at? The most sketchiest one uh, would probably have to be Howard Johnson's. Okay. Can you explain your experience to the viewer, <laughs> listeners? Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my experience is uh, is somewhat gross, uh, folks. Um, a few more than a few years back, uh, a group of friends of mine uh, were traveling to Newark, New Jersey, which Newark, New Jersey is literally like 20 minutes west of New York City. OK, I mean, literally, it only takes about 20, 25 minutes by car. So we get to the hotel real late at night. It's probably like around like 11 p.m., 11, almost 11.30. And we check into the room, and I got to tell you, there are roaches climbing on the damn walls, Ooh. bed bugs on the top of the bed. I'm looking at my friend, and he's like, what's up, Mike? I'm like, well, we're not staying here, man. This, this, this room is infested with bugs. You know, I'm going to get bitten up by bed bugs. The roach is going to be crawling all over me at the middle of the night. It's just disgusting. You know, uh, the, the, the carpets alone sauce. I mean, just walking on it felt like I was walking on like uh, rocks or something. That's how rough the, uh, the carpet was. So we go to the, uh, we go to the, um, the front desk. I explained to the, the, the gentleman there, which I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to be racist or anything like that, but obviously he was of, uh, of, of Indian, uh, Hindu, uh, descent. And we're like, we'd like a refund, please. He's like, well, I can't give you a refund. I was like, why not? He's like, because you you paid by credit card. I was like, okay, we'll just, you know, refund it back to the credit card. I'll wait the, you know, five, six, seven days, whatever it is, the hotel policy here. And uh, we're just going to go to another hotel because this 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 hotel room is is disgusting. It's infested by bu- bed bugs. You have, and first, before we left, Sauce, we asked if he had any other rooms. He shows us another room, the same thing. So we're like, you know what? You know, the hell with this. We're just going to leave. So 
we leave and we're looking on all these different types of apps and we can't find a reasonable priced hotel room. Mm-hmm. And mind you, Sas, this is North Jersey. So a lot of these hotel rooms, you know, they range from like 200 to $300 a night. You know, the, the cheapest one we found was Howard Johnson's. That was like between 40, $45 a night. So we didn't have a choice. We wind up like crashing in my car. You know, I stayed in the front. My buddy stayed in the back seat. And uh, we just slept in the car for the night. And it, like, let me tell you, Sas, it was miserable because we happened to go on probably the most coldest uh, area, coldest month in that area of New Jersey, New York. It was like in February. So the, the, the temperature outside was like roughly like 25, 26 degrees. It was, you know, sleeping in cars isn't that bad. Well, it's not that bad when the temperature's, you know, at a decent you know, rate, you know, you mind you, Sas, try sleeping in a car when it's like 25, 26 degrees. It's, it's very unpleasant. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, didn't you guys have any blankets or what did you guys have? I mean, we had blankets though, but we weren't, we weren't planning on crashing in my car. We were planning on crashing in a hotel room, oh. <laughs> but I, mean, I tell you what, man, I'd rather crash in my car than sleep with bed bugs and, you know, roaches crawling yeah. all over the walls, you know? Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of people like give grief on like spending the night in their car or sleeping in the car. I've actually slept in my car before, you know, not once or twice. And I'm like, you know, this isn't really that bad. You know, if you're trying like if you're driving, like if you're on a road trip and or if you're driving by yourself and you're trying to get to like a conference or not an appointment, but if you're trying to get to, for instance, a lot of people, I think most sleep in their cars when they're heading towards a family emergency, but they're like and they can't find any flights but they do they're like super duper expensive and so i think a lot of them do sleep in their cars and i feel like for me i always have my car prepared you know i always have like a heavy blanket and uh sweatshirt my pajamas in there so i can sleep in my car you know and it's not that bad you know if you make it like home you put down the front seat um and you just kind of relax and you just close your eyes and you just got to warm up the you got to warm up the heat for a little bit to enough to like make it too comfortable but not too cold or not yet just not too cold not too hot but one thing i found out is you don't ever stop at rest stop areas like right up no 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 no. those those rest stops areas are dangerous uh very dangerous those 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 things are designed just to stop you know possibly use the restroom and then continue on your merry old way so the question is, why do so many people utilize them? Why do so many people sleep at those rest stop areas, which I was told to stay far away from? And uh, I don't know. I, don't I never, really never imagined why they would want to stay at those. I mean, the only people I would normally see stay at rest stop areas are, you know, truck drivers. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know they're, they're probably much more safer in their truck than, you know, sleeping in a car. Yeah. Well, the trucks have more, the trucks are more like, it's like your mobile home. Your trucks are like mobile homes. So like, there's not really much of a, not really much. All they need to do is just go to the bathroom and that's it. And then brush their teeth. And then they just, you know, and then they can go back in the truck, watch TV or do whatever. But yeah, they usually have like a cab in the back. Yeah. So it's like like mobile home. But I mean, I would have never expected in my life to like, and then when you drive by those rest stop areas, they're all full of cars. They're full of yeah. cars. I'm like, what are you guys doing? 
Yeah, it's becoming like a homeless uh, type of little community. I see a lot of people like, you know, uh, facing homeless now in this country. And some people have to like live in their cars. And it's sad, it's isn't it? Unfortunate that we've become that way as a society. But yeah. Yeah. I would have never expected. Uh, personally, you know, the sad thing is, is I would have never expected that we'd be in this kind of a predicament where people do sleep in their cars and for a homeless situation. But I understand I've slept in my car a couple, multiple times. It's not that bad. And, you know, another thing that I've actually never tried going is using utilizing the Amtrak. Because I've heard a lot of really sour things about Amtrak and how the some of the train stops they go at is very sketchy and how there's, like, homelessness around those Amtrak areas. So mm-hmm. my question would be for you. Why are there so many people around the homeless areas? You know, you look at California and look at what's look at California and how there's like tent cities. And so if you utilize the metro or if you utilize the Amtrak, you have to go right through the homelessness or the tent the tent cities. Why do you think that is as well? Uh I don't know, Sauce. I think it's just like I think people, you know, tend to stay near like places like Amtrak or Greyhound or, you know, even airports because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like benefits to that. I think, you know, when you are that I can see, you know, I've talked to some homeless people before and some homeless people said that they, they choose to stay near these these uh, these terminals, right? Whether they're Greyhound, Amtrak, even airport terminals, because there's restrooms there. There's you know there's restaurants there, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, McDonald's, and stuff. And they they can, I mean, just think about it, Sas. You have thousands of people, you know, coming out of these terminals. Yeah, it's the best spot for a homeless person to stay because then they can panhandle, they can beg, and 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 people some people will actually fall into it and they'll, and they'll give them some, some money. You know what I mean? And yeah. they can, they can stay there for hours upon hours. And some of the terminals, they, they do post signs, you know, that, that state, you know, no loitering, uh, no panhandling, you know, so there are businesses, there are terminals in America that practice that. And then there's some that really don't care to even practice that and that's where you see the high amounts of uh, homeless so it's it's unfortunate that that you see that though yeah and one of the perfect examples is los angeles they i don't really think that they really care about their own people you know, it's really sad i think you look at um you look at chicago i mean i would not no offense I, you know, whenever I do fly out, like I always have somebody drop me off at O'Hare International Airport or even Midway because I don't trust anyone in Chicago. Not even because Chicago is so unsafe now that I don't trust like leaving my car at an airport because either it's going to get stolen or it's going to get broken into or it's going to get keyed or defecated on, you know, and it's sad, isn't it? So when you Oh yeah, it's extremely sad. I mean, it's it's sad like I said, again, going back to what I was saying, it's sad that we've become a nation like that where we see high amounts of homeless, high amounts of crime. You know, like we're talking about like you know, the topic vacation today and like we're, what we like, you know, doing on our vacation. So, you know, it's very sad that we've become a nation where we can't even as Americans 
uh, go to areas, some areas of the country, such as California that you just mentioned, without seeing people defecating on, on park benches. Or shooting uh, up on heroin. Exactly, man. I mean, can you imagine, like, you can't even bring your kids to parks, certain parks, without seeing, you know, people, you know, uh, doing drugs, you know, whether they're shooting up or they're, you know, they're drinking alcohol or they're, you know, just doing these awful things. Can you yeah. imagine the, 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 the brain set and, and the mentality of a five or six year old child, like witnessing that for the first time? Yeah. That's, that's, that's terror in their eyes. You know what I mean? Or another thing is, is that when you're traveling and stuff and like, you know, I, my best philosophy I have to say is you want to either, if you wanted to travel, you know, you have to try to find at least stay the closest to like, like right next to, I know this sounds a little bit weird, but stay right close to the government buildings because they're the most protected and either like, I hate to say it, but I'd rather pay a little bit extra to stay downtown in the city. For instance, I was in downtown Denver, Colorado, and downtown Seattle. And, you know, Sheraton's or the Sheraton Hotels and the Holiday and the Hilton's are really nice hotels. And when you stay at those kind of hotels, they normally have security inside. And it's really cool because they have attractions inside the hotels. And so my philosophy is, or even in downtown Chicago, my philosophy is, is if it starts again after eight eight o'clock, you better find shelter or you better find your way back to the hotel or do something like indoors and then take an Uber or a Lyft because do not go walking outside, you know, out and about in the city because you're going to find trouble, you know. Or something oh, yeah. Yeah. Like where I'm from, we 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 used to have a golden rule in New York. Um, you know, after eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, you really don't want to be like near like Central Park or no. even the subways because that's when the crazies come out, you know. And see, and that's sad, isn't it? That we- <laughs> it's extremely sad. Like I said, I don't, I, 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 I baffle on how we even came to this predicament as, as, as a nation. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing is so you t- mentioned about the homeless, you know, I yeah. heard and panhandlers now i understand you know here's you know for me i tell people i advise people you know i know i might be i know the listeners might think well how unchristian are you to not give money to them and how unchristian are you to not give them anything well here's i'm going to explain for you guys so when i go to when i see a homeless individual okay what i do is i go up to them Oh, actually, when they come up to me, because you don't ever want to go up to a homeless person because you don't know what's going to happen. So what I normally go up, they normally come up to me and I'm like, hey, you know what? Or most of the majority of the time, I just keep on walking because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. And I definitely can tell you they are if you start uh, having a conversation with them and you don't give up, if you don't give them anything, you just opened up the Pandora's box. Hmm. Yeah, you have opened and now you're kind of forced to give them something. Well, for the conversations I've had or I've interacted with, what happened is that majority of them are pretty good, you know, Um, but it's interesting because I would normally give them like peanut butter jelly sandwiches. You know, I go up to them and they're like, hey, you know what? And they're like, hey, can you give me money? And I'm like, you know what? Why don't we go something? Why don't we go to a 7-Eleven or why don't we go to like a low budget store to get you food? 
you know, and they're like, well, I don't want food. I want money. And I'm like, but see, how is money going to, I mean, money's not going to, you're not going to eat the money. You know why they want the money though, Sauce, right? Why do you think that is? They, they'd rather want money so they can, you know, support their habit. I hate to say 80% of the homeless people today have a habit, uh, whether it's mental illness or whether it's alcohol or drugs. They'd rather have the money so they can go to that 7-Eleven, buy that four pack of uh, natural ice or, you know, some type of hard liquor. Or they, you know, go over to like the hood or the projects, man, and and, and use like that five or ten dollars for, you know, a, a dime bag of uh, marijuana. I mean, I hate to use those terminologies, but that's kind of the terminology on the street today. You know, yeah. like th- they'd rather do that sauce, you know, because they, they want that quick high. Yeah. Well, another thing is, so what I've started doing is I've started like looking at their shoes. You know why I started looking Jeez. at their shoes? Why is that? Because if they have really nice shoes and they're panhandle, if they're panhandling or if they have really nice shoes, they are phony. They are fake and they are like trying to uh, abuse uh, sympathy. For instance, you know, it was interesting because I looked, I went to Madison and stuff. So, you know, for us, we don't have to find, for us and stuff, you know, where I live and stuff, we have a major issue regarding that. And Mm. it's so hard to like figure out, okay, are you truly being yourself? You know, I understand we all go through hard times. And I understand that, you know, we sometimes get evicted, especially during uh, this after recovering after a pandemic. I understand. But if you're truly homeless, I don't think you'd be wearing Yeezys or you'd be wearing like um, really, really nice shoes like Nike or even um, as other kind of brand. Shoe brand. I don't think. Yeah, more most of them, sauce. They're only doing it for like a sympathy clause, you know. Like, yeah. you know, like you said, most of them they could be homeless. Yeah, they could be facing homelessness. Some of them could be having those really nice brands of shoes and clothing and stuff. But where are they getting it from? That's the question. Yeah, and here's you know, an interesting stats. Did you know that, for instance, did you know that average panhandlers make about sixty thousand dollars a year? Sixty hmm. to hundred thousand dollars a year, and do you yeah, think- I know it was up there. I just didn't think it was that high. No, it's very high. Uh, and so the bigger question is, do you think it's taxed? Do I think what is taxed? The panhandling, the people that make sixty to hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, how can it be taxed? I, I don't, I don't get the. Uh, it's not taxed. Uh, yeah, of course not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't understand why it would be taxed. <laughs> and. Here's how interesting I so and get this as well. Okay. So we did I decided to do a small experiment and I gave okay. I gave a dollar. Now this was in Seattle, okay? So this is what you know, when I go traveling, I like to take risks and this was definitely a big risk. So I said, you know what, sir, you have a blessed day. And I'm like, here is a dollar. Now I know a lot of people, so I'm by faith and stuff. I'm a believer and stuff. And a lot of people are thinking, well, how dare you? They're like, well, if you're a man of God, how can you only give a dollar? Well, for if you're trying to do an experiment, you want to try to limit the damages. So on your pocketbook or on your, you know, your finances. So I decided yeah. to give a dollar. It was a dollar bill. So get this. Okay. So I went and I put something on my dollar bill. I put Timonson, T-E-M-A-N-S-O-N to distinct it. Well, I went to 
so I gave the dollar and I followed him and he went to the Macy's store. Okay. And you know, the ironic part is I got my dollar back. Oh yeah. You put, store. you put your last name down there. So, so you can see exactly, you know, how to track it then I guess. Right. Yeah. And I got, uh, my, okay. and I got my money back. Well, I got my dollar back because I'm like, well, how about that? I'm guessing, oh, I think you're going to get food. There's no food at Macy's. Well, high-end candy, but besides that, there's no food. And yeah. what is what is your thoughts? Have you ever done that kind of experiment or no? And what do you, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Exposing the homeless, exposing the homeless. Ah, uh, well, again, you know, I, I don't want to judge them too much because, you know, yeah, every group really has bad apples in it or, you know, a bad batch of eggs in, in the basket right but not every homeless person is a bad person sauce sometimes they just face you know the you know pretty much the down of the luck right they lost their job due to circumstances a lot of these homeless that today in the last couple of years now have lost jobs due to not complying with covid vaccinations yeah, so I heard about that. a lot of the companies laid off a lot of people because a lot of their employees were like they were fed up. They were like, I'm not taking this covid shot. It's against my beliefs or it's against my spirituality. Uh, a lot of it was, you know, religious purposes. A lot of it was just personal opinions on it, personal thoughts. So I get it made a I created a lot of homelessness in this country. I think we've seen the homeless rate go up by like 45 percent in the last two years. And it's getting worse. So, well, it is getting worse, by, far by far worse, yeah. Well, and you also have, and another thing that you also have to wonder is, do they want to do something about their life? Now, let me explain to my listeners about that. So I understand people are, I understand like people are like, they lose jobs and they lose their house or they get evicted and stuff. But we also have Christian organizations and we have Samaritan's Purse. We have the Salvation Army, the American Red Cross and all that. So the question that I have for you is, do they want to get better? And is there drive to bounce back? So that's like hitting the rock bottom. That's that's another, you know, it was interesting because I was on the show with you and we had a guy that was portrayed to be a veteran. And oh, yeah. Do you want to explain to your listeners about that? Because actually the funny part is people reached out to me and said, okay, what happened to that guy? Can you yeah. Yeah, well, uh, that episode, folks, that's going back like uh, almost a month now. I think it's been about a month, just about a month. Yeah, a month and like maybe a week or something like that. Uh, if you want to tune into that episode, I highly suggest you tune into that because uh, it, not only did it leave me speechless, but it, it left Soslin here speechless too because Soslin's usually uh, very uh, intrigued into the uh, into the episode where he was silent, probably like, 35, 40% of the episode. And this gentleman uh, literally uh, had me fooled, had some, a lot of my listeners fooled. A lot of listeners reached out to me on email, on my personal blog, uh, different platforms that I belong to. And a lot of listeners were like, you know, what's wrong with this guy? Like, why, like, why did he go this route? And why is he traveling on a bicycle? Okay. From different parts of the country you know, with this GoFundMe page. So he had a GoFundMe page. Folks, he had a GoFundMe page uh, trying to um, collect money. I think the goal of his GoFundMe uh, type of scenario was like over $100,000. That's and a lot of money. 
and and it was to buy tiny houses for veterans. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of money, a lot yeah. of money to 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 try to create this and then find out, you know, uh, towards uh, another episode that I had, I invited this guy back on with myself and uh, Jimmy the Rant, uh, one of my uh, my personalities that I have on the show, and Jimmy the Rant was like. You know, he's listening to this guy's story and then it's not adding up, Sas. Like he, he's saying, wait a minute, you are a person that's riding around the country on your bicycle. And then as soon as he said this, Sas, like this, this, this guy like literally blew up on my show. Like he, he knew he was caught uh, yeah. because Jimmy got him right in the corner and the guy couldn't rebuttal back with his scheme. This, this thing turned into a scheme. He was trying to scam people out of money. It wasn't going to, uh, I think he said it was trying to go to like Wounded Warriors Project or some kind of military uh, type of campaign, yeah. which it wasn't. You even said, Sauce, like the, some of the stuff on his GoFundMe, like it didn't add up. Some of the wording wasn't uh, spelt out and worded right. There was a lot of mis, uh, miswording inside the, uh, the the description. So, yeah, uh, it was bad. And, you know, and it's, and see, that's why I have to, that's why you have to be conscientious of, you know, you have to be, you have to be conscientious of people that reach out to you, you know, especially, you know, if, you know, you have to be, you have to be careful and for the people you interact with and, you know, and normally, <clears throat> normally if I'm with, you know, if you're traveling with your family and your friends, I highly suggest you not to, I highly suggest you not to experiment that kind of money with the homelessness I, uh, or any experiment, I highly suggest you not to do that because well, well, Sauce, at risk and you're putting that other people at risk. Yeah. Well, Sauce, apparently this guy was a good actor and he it's was. hard to, it's hard to read out people like that because folks, you got to remember something. This, these people like this guy I had on my show, they're con artists. They do it for a living. They know how to see uh, the general public. Yeah. You know, manipulate actually. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, manipulate, lie, deceive. It's, it's, it's all there. They, they've been these type of people sauce. They, they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for years and some people sadly will fall for the trap. Yeah. And it's sad because, you know, it's sad when they do. Um, so why do you like, so it's, Going back to traveling, I know. Sorry, we kind of got off track. We're talking about you know different kind of scams no, and giving money. No, you're good. I see. I love about doing the. Um, I love talking like doing the show and stuff because you can like bounce all over and stuff, and it keeps the conversation interesting and it keeps the listeners intrigued. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with Amtrak, do you have any good experience on Amtrak? Because I heard. Can you explain to your list? Can you explain to my listeners or even some people on there? what different kind of classes there are, because I know that some of them you can share a room like a college dorm room style. So you can share a room with another individual or you can have a sleeper suite, which is a room by yourself. Can you explain to the listeners what kind of, which one do you like better? Yeah. yeah well, first, uh, have you used Amtrak at all sauce or no? Uh, I, no offense. Uh, I'm not a, I, I'm more of a, I can't, I don't have that time. You know, I think that's a, okay. I'm guessing you can utilize the Amtrak if you're retired because you can like, you know, you can take your time. But when you're in a busy world and when you have like things lined up and conferences and all that, 
Your goal is to try to get there from point A to point B. Now, I would love to take Amtrak, especially from all the way from uh, New York City all the way straight to Los Angeles. Take that beautiful well, scenic route through the Rocky Mountains. But that's yeah, like well, an eight-day trip. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, like the history of Amtrak, right? Amtrak, when it first came out, like in the early uh, – Amtrak goes back to like the 1800s here in the country – uh, the original name, there was an original name to Amtrak. I, I think it was called like the Continental Train Service of America yes. or something like that. Yep. And before, you know, Greyhound came around, because Greyhound came out like in the eight, late 1800s, early 1900s, um, Greyhound was uh, set up as like a stagecoach, kind of like, you know, with horse and buggy and stuff. And then it went into like regular coaches. Uh, but going back to Amtrak, Amtrak sauce at one time, uh, was a, you know, like a first class type of service. Like everybody used Amtrak. Celebrities back then in the country, uh, politicians. Uh, you hear from our president from time to time. Yeah, Amtrak is great. I would take Amtrak from Maryland over to Washington D.C. all the time and stuff. You know, in the like 1940s or 50s. But uh, you know, Amtrak has its benefits. It has its perks. You know, yes, you mentioned you can share a room with somebody, you know, in their sleep coaches that usually have like bunk beds. If, you know, if you're okay with that sleeping, you know, with, you know, sharing a room with a stranger, uh, it's almost like, you know, the college days, you know, where you, <laughs> you go to a dorm and, you know, there's people that you don't know, and then you have to get, you know, used to them and, and uh, you know, and everything else. But I don't know, man. I've used Amtrak. I like Amtrak. I used it one time from Atlanta, Georgia, going up to New York City. And I can tell you, yes, it, it took like an extra day just getting from Atlanta to New York. But I actually had like my own sleeper cabin. I didn't share it with anybody. There's another class of sleeper cabins where you get an entire room, which is almost like half the size of like a like an average hotel room. And you have your shower, you have like a TV screen that's usually mounted on the wall. You have a toilet in there. You have, you have, and then of course the bed. And like there, I think there's like a little small little like recliner and it was great. You know, I got to sleep and, you know, and I, I wasn't being disturbed by other passengers that you would normally see on an airplane or like a Greyhound bus. So it was, so it, it does have its perks. And, and see, that's one thing that, for me, I've always like wondered, I'm like, man, that's gotta be, I mean, I bet that was beautiful. The scenes, the scenery was gorgeous. Oh, the scenery was gorgeous, man. I mean, yeah. you've seen all different types of wildlife and, you know, different, I mean, of course we, you know, you go from Atlanta to New York, you have like the mountain ranges of Tennessee and the Carolinas. and It was just altogether beautiful. I really enjoyed myself on that train. See, that's why, you know, that's why for me, I've always wondered about that. And, you know, especially, I know, so I'm guessing if you're, like, towards the northern area, like, northern area of Wisconsin, like, for example, the Midwest, the East Coast, and, like, even all top of North America, like, towards the Canadian border, I'm sure it's gorgeous right now with the trees changing color. And oh, yeah. That, oh, man, I would love to take a beautiful sunset. Like, that's... Man, that's, those are beautiful. What's your favorite time of season to travel anyway? Speaking of it, I love to travel in fall because you get to change, you get to see uh, our country. Like if you travel from the east or if you travel from even, for instance, from Wisconsin all the way down to Texas, like I was able to, 
you got to see the trees changing color and then you got to see, okay, maybe this area, the Southern area doesn't really change colors at all. What's your favorite time of season to travel? I would have to say spring. I love my springtime. Uh, the weather's that? perfect. Well, the weather, the weather's perfect. The, uh, uh, it's just altogether different. You know, you have that mixture of like warm air and cold air mixed together and it's comfortable. Great sleeping weather, you know, for folks that, we go back in earlier the episode today, uh, we're talking about like uh, traveling, right? Uh, you know, if you people like uh, traveling in an RV or something like that or camping, uh, that's like one of the many benefits of spring. It's just altogether. It's just great. I, I love springtime. So that's my favorite. I used to like summer when I was a kid, but not as much. I'm getting older now and it's just <laughs> the joints don't really uh, tend to like the summertime, you know, because of <laughs> Arthritis will, will be uh, hitting the corners uh, very, very soon with me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you're, you're only 40 years old. What are you talking about? You got like 60 more years left. Or oh, no, years left. no, no. Arthritis <laughs> usually kicks like in your mid-40s, early 50s, Sus. What are you kidding? Wow. Yeah, I did not know that. You know, <laughs> yeah. so uh, before we end and stuff, I know uh, this is kind of a extended episode. and this is, But it's a very fun episode. It's uh, very intriguing. Have you ever gone on a travel by boat? Like, have you ever gone on a cruise or have you ever like done anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was 22 actually. So this is like almost like 20 years ago. It was about like 18 years ago um, because I'm in my early forties now. And uh, I went with a group of friends. We uh, traveled from Miami to uh, England and I can tell you going across the Atlantic there. Oh, what an experience. Uh, we, <laughs> We happened to go in a very cold season, though. So, we believe it or not, Sas, we seen uh we seen some icebergs, man. <laughs> like literally, you didn't like hit right any, did you? I'm oh no, 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 I was, no, I was, no, I was pulling a joke. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we didn't hit any, on, on, uh, unfortunately, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it, it 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 was nice. It just wasn't nice, you know. Like sometimes yeah, a couple of friends of mine, you know, like that were smokers. Because obviously you can't smoke inside the cabin or inside the ship. You know, they have like a smoking area on the outside of the cruise ship. And uh, they're outside and and it's like, oh, like, what's wrong? They're like, dude, it's like 20 degrees outside. I'm like, (laughs) so we, uh, yeah, we we had a really good experience. Um, uh, I did a lot of my traveling in in my early 20s. Not so much now, you know, because I'm, you know, busy with the, the radio network and, my podcast network and it's just it's it's different now you know when you get older you the traveling kind of you know it, it goes away a little bit yeah well i want to say it was a wonderful discussion we had today talking about planes we're talking about homelessness and now ending it with the boat cruise and i hope you guys can check out michael gardner on savage unfiltered or savage unfiltered um on any of your podcasting services podcasting sites and i hope you guys have a fantastic day and remember god loves you and i'll meet you at the finish line. and thank you so much michael and you have a great day all right take it easy buddy all right.